Well, good morning, everyone. As we begin our Easter weekend this weekend, it's nice to have this opportunity to slow down and to think about what it actually is that we're celebrating. Perhaps this week you've had a chance to read about the events of Easter, or maybe you've even had a chance to prepare some of these Easter story stones. I know there's a few people who've been busily working on this at home this week. This was a picture I got from the Aitans, and I know the Conkeys were busy working at home as well, and that was one from the Waterworths too, and I know there was plenty of other people too who were working on these story stones. An opportunity to reflect on the events in the lead up to Jesus' death and his burial, but also uh, his resurrection as well. And I hope that you've enjoyed spending time reflecting on that this week. As I was using these stones this week, I was reminded that if there is anyone who knows what it's like to have their world turned upside down within the space of a week, it's Jesus. You see, the story begins with Jesus riding into Jerusalem like a superstar, people cheering his name, calling him a king, waving palm branches. And yet within the space of a week, this atmosphere of joy is replaced with one of sadness and uncertainty as Jesus is arrested, mocked and crucified. And I sense that within our own communities at the moment, as our lives have been turned upside down by this pandemic, for many of us, joy has also been replaced with sadness and uncertainty. Just this last week, my mum went out to the supermarket and she hadn't been there for long when she heard a voice behind her call out, Mum! It was my sister. Now, they just happened to be shopping at the same place at the same time. This was not like all you young people who go out exercising and just all of a sudden bump into your mates down the street. This actually was a sheer coincidence. But they kept their distance and they talked to each other down the aisle and then mum went to pay for her shopping at the checkout and my sister continued to finish her shopping. And as she walked up and down the aisles, she wept. She couldn't stop the tears from escaping her eyes. And if it had happened to me, I would have been the same. Because it pains us to be separated from the people that we love at the moment. And whilst I fully embrace the importance of all this social distancing, with it brings grief and sadness and it just doesn't feel right. I don't know about you, but at times over the past few weeks, I have become overwhelmed as I've struggled to adjust to the many changes that have taken place in my work life, my home life, my social life. At the moment, most things feel quite uncertain and we're all being impacted in different ways. And if ever there was a time in my life where I could really clearly see that the world is not the way God originally designed it to be, it would be now. And if it's bad enough for me to be experiencing this pandemic in my comfortable home here in Melbourne, then it pains me to think about the people who are experiencing this in suffering, in poverty. So if this is not the way that God intended for our world to be, well, what did he intend? Well, when God created the universe, he made people And he made them to live a flourishing life with him. 
Even though the people were his creations, he did not call them his servants or his slaves. Instead, he called them his children. He desired love and respect. And he just longed to actually dwell in relationship with them. He also put people in charge of his creation. And so in the beginning, people were not only in relationship with God, but they were also in this flourishing partnership with him as together they cared for creation and they brought about order to the disorder. But it didn't take long for humans to decide that they'd like to have a go at life without God. Some people call it the disease of the human heart. Others call it sin. We see it in every generation. It's the desire to focus our attention and our adoration on things other than God. These forces can be social, cultural or economic, really just anything that's not God. It's the attitude which says, God, I don't need you. I'm going to do things my way. And consistently in the history of man, the human will has diverted from the ways of God and the consequences have not been good. And so as people have distanced themselves from relationship with God, creation has also begun to decay. Suffering and sickness entered our world and you and I are both witnesses to the fact that instead of peace, there is fear and anxiety. Instead of thriving relationships, people are lonely and isolated. Instead of caring for others, people are fighting to fend for themselves. And instead of all of creation flourishing, there is death, sickness and suffering. And so as we've painfully discovered, life without God is actually not all that great. But there's hope for us. Because God was grieved by the mess. He was not content to exist separated from us. And he was not content for the world to continue in its suffering. Because God cares deeply for us as a father cares for his children. He loves us. He is for us. And he longs to be with us. And so today... On Good Friday, we remember that about 2,000 years ago, God did something about it. Jesus entered our world, God, in human form. He showed us how to live a flourishing human life, and then he trusted his Father God all the way to the cross. And when Jesus died and rose again on that cross, he was doing something amazing. Jesus defeated death. He defeated all the dark forces. He defeated the disease of the human heart and all of the other powers in this world. He was challenging them all on the cross and he overcame them all. And all of this enabled the beginning of something new. You see, Jesus, when he died on the cross, he was actually initiating a new plan. He was launching what we often call the kingdom of God here on earth. The Bible talks about a time when the world will once again be the way that it was meant to be in all of its fullness. A time when we will flourish with our creator and our father God. A time when the world will be just like heaven. 
If you read about what actually happened when Jesus died, you can find it in the Bible in Matthew chapter 27. You'll discover there's some pretty crazy stuff that went on. Even though it was the middle of the day, the sky went dark and an earthquake occurred. And while this earthquake happened, it tells us that the curtain in the temple was torn in two. Now, it might seem like a bit of a random inclusion in the story because who really cares about a curtain being torn in two? But it's so significant for us. You see, before Jesus died on the cross, the people had made a place for God to dwell and it was in their church, in their temple, behind a curtain. And if you wanted to access God, you actually had to go to the temple to see him there. Well, you wouldn't see him, but you would actually speak to him there. But when Jesus died and the curtain in the temple tore in two, this was no accident. God was actually showing us really clearly that he was starting something new. He was starting a new way for God to dwell amongst us. In fact, he'd initiated a way for God to dwell in us. In the Bible, Paul talks about how we are now God's temple. You see, when Jesus died and he launched the kingdom of God here on earth, he presented us with an invitation. It's not a to-do list. It's not an obstacle course of hoops to jump through. It's simply a choice. We don't have to do anything. Instead, we have to choose how we want to live. Jesus died on the cross because of his great love for us. And now he asks, do you desire to live with me, to be in relationship with me as the way that I designed things to be in the beginning? When we choose Jesus, we receive an amazing gift from God. His Holy Spirit comes to be in us. God is not distant. He is near and we can speak with him whenever we like. God is restoring things to the way that they were meant to be. And he's begun by ensuring that we can actually live a flourishing life with him if we choose. And do you know what happens if we allow God to live in us? As we spend more time in his presence, we will become more aware of his heart for our world. He will equip us with strength, with purpose, with stamina. And as we rely on him, we will start to become forces for good in our world. And together with God, we are part of a transforming work that changes our world for the better. And I don't know about you, but I want to be part of that. And so if you made these Easter story stones this week, you might be sitting at home with an empty stone in your hand. And today I want you to draw something on your stone, something significant for you that's going to remind you of the part that you play in this story. If you haven't responded to Jesus' invitation to exist in relationship with him, and today you desire to do that, You might want to draw a heart or a home or maybe even just write the word yes on your stone. This is a way of saying, yes, 
I want to depend on you, God. I want your Holy Spirit to come and live in me. And I want to partner with you to be a force for good in this world. In the Bible, it says that the Holy Spirit will become more and more at home in our hearts as we trust in him. And so that's why you might want to draw a home or a heart on your stone to remind you that God has come to be at home in you. Maybe you're already a follower of Jesus, but you're struggling at the moment. As I've reflected on the Easter story this week, I've been drawn to the part in the story where Jesus goes and he prays. Before everything goes downhill for Jesus, he retreats and he talks to God. And in this season where everything seems to be going downhill, I'm reminded that I need to follow in Jesus' footsteps and I need to pray. Because whilst we recognize that Jesus won ultimate victory on the cross, we also recognize that his authority is regularly challenged by all the other things to which we can offer our attention and our adoration. And in this season, I am being constantly reminded that God actually wants me to depend on him and to offer him my attention and my adoration. When I begin to worry about money or work, when I become stressed about whether I'm going to be able to find the things that I need at the shops, and when I'm filled with sadness for all the people in my life who I miss, instead of allowing myself to be absorbed in the worry and the stress and the sadness, I'm trying to pause and to look up, to offer my attention to God I might do it by talking to him. I might do it by complaining to him. I might do it by singing to him. However I do it, the aim is to shift my attention and my adoration onto God. If you can relate, maybe you want to draw a pause button on your stone or maybe something a little bit more creative. I'll leave that to you. But something that will remind you in this season to pause and to look up. I wonder if you've experienced God at work for good amongst recent events. If you're a follower of Jesus, this season does not need to be defined by stress and worry and sadness. Instead, God's Holy Spirit can be at work in you so that you may experience peace and joy. And if you're not already a force for good in this season, then maybe you need to spend some time with God discovering what that might look like for you. Who can you help? How can you serve? Where are you going to make sure that God's peace and joy rubs off onto the people around you? If this is you, you might want to draw something on your stone that's going to remind you to draw close to God as you desire to be a force for good in this season. There are also places and people who we aren't directly connected to, but who we care deeply about. Maybe today you want to commit to praying, praying that God would be at work in our broader world. You might want to pray more specifically for our politicians and our leaders, our healthcare workers, our schools and our parents, to those who've lost their jobs, the marginalised, and the vulnerable. And as you pray, would you come before our Father God 
asking that his kingdom might come in all of these places through his work in the world. Maybe you want to draw a picture of the world on your stone or something else that's going to remind you of your commitment to pray that God is at work in our world in this season. When I finish up talking here, there's going to be some music that plays for about 10 minutes and then Yvonne will come and she'll finish up. This is a time and a chance for you to pause and to reflect. And if you'd like, you might like to have some communion. You might have already prepared some juice and some bread in your home. And can I encourage you during this time to actually open your Bibles with whoever you're with in your home or perhaps by yourself and to read in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 17 to 26. Read it with your families together or by yourself as you eat and as you drink. As you saw in the video this morning, before Jesus died, he shared in a final meal with his disciples. And as they ate and they drank together, he told them that soon he would die. And he asked that they would eat this meal again, eat and drink to remember him. And so after I finish talking, you might want to take some time to have communion in your own home. Take time to reflect, to remember what Jesus has done for us because of his great love for us. As you do so, express your gratitude to him. Never before have I been more grateful for the people I live with, the place where I live, the food on the table, and the reassuring presence of God in me. Use this time and space to reflect and to express your gratitude to God. And so, new community and all of you watching at home, on this Good Friday, here is our confident hope. Because of God's great love for us, Jesus launched the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven. And one day it will come in all of its fullness. Until that day, there are still forces that must be reckoned with in our daily lives. And so may our worries prompt us to pray for provision and for deliverance and safety in the middle of it all. And may you be filled with hope as you draw near to our Father God. And may you grow in confidence in him as together you work to be a force for good in our world. Enjoy this time.